This story takes place along the Saline River Valley. Buffalo roamed in great herds across this Kansas Valley, providing food and clothing for Indians. These great migrating herds of humpbacked, shaggy buffalo darkened the plains as far as the eye could reach. They fed on the succulent buffalo and grama grass, whether it was green in summer or dry in winter. They drank from creeks, rivers, and buffalo wallows, depressions made in the hard-packed alkaline soil by buffalo licking the salt from the ground. Little groups of grazing buffalo, their tangled dewlaps almost dragging the ground, combined to make one vast herd which was always on the move during that instinctive migration which drove them north in summer, south in winter. The Indians were not the only ones who hunted buffalo in this area. The American Fur Company, as early as the 1840s, started purchasing thousands of buffalo robes per year. Then, in 1859, a gold strike at Cherry Creek in the Rocky Mountains brought more people through Kansas. It was about this time when Charles Rath came west to establish trading contacts with a number of Indian tribes, including the Southern Cheyenne, Kiowa, and Northern Comanche bands. Rath strengthened those alliances when he married a Cheyenne woman in 1860. In that same year, the frontier merchant Rath took over a trading post of George Peacock on Walnut Creek after Peacock and five others were massacred. The massacre happened on September 9, 1860 when Satank and three others of the Kiowa tribe reconnoitered around Peacock's ranch. Once given the opportunity, they fired on Peacock, one ball entering his left temple, killing him instantly. They then fired upon a man named Myers, a German from Independence, and wounded him so that he died in a short time. There was another man in the house lying sick, but he was not molested. The Indians then loaded themselves with considerable plunder and left. Charles Rath, then age 24, took over Walnut Creek Ranch within a matter of weeks after Peacock's murder. The location of the trading post was near present-day Great Bend. In 1863, tensions between the Indians and the white settlers continued, and even though Rath had done his best to maintain peaceful relationships with the tribes, his Walnut Creek trading post was raided several times. For his own safety, his Cheyenne wife convinced him to divorce her. The Butterfield Overland Dispatch started freight service to Denver, which caused several forts to be established by the fall of 1865. One such fort was located south of the Saline River Valley area known as Fort Fletcher, later known as Fort Hayes. It did not take long before the railroad began to creep across the nation's frontier, bringing with it construction crews who were fed by buffalo hunters. These were the buffalo hunters hired by the railroad to feed thousands of settlers who were pouring in, expanding the West because of their exceptional skill as hunters and marksmen. In 1869, the Santa Fe Railway penetrated the coal field of Osage County and subsequently continued westward. At this particular time, Osage coal was marketed in a narrow belt virtually across the entire length of the state. During the same year, Charles Rath made a return visit to his old home in Ohio. There, he met Caroline Markley, whom he married on April 26, 1870. Rath returned with Caroline to Kansas that spring. The couple lived briefly in Topeka, then at Osage City, where he established a mercantile business and continued his freighting. 
It was at this time when tanneries were established and paid as much as $3 per hide. These combined events of hide buyers and the need for hides put many men to work as buffalo hunters. Men like Jim White, Tom Nixon, A.C. Meyer, and Josiah Wright Moore. These were the buffalo hunters first hired by the railroad to feed thousands, and then sold their hides to the factories for belts. The leather belts needed to drive the machines for the birth of the industrial age that would soon change America forever. That's it for now. Remember to check out our Wild West Podcast shows on iTunes Podcast or at wildwestpodcast.buzzsprout.com. We would like to conclude our show by reminding our listeners to check out our up-and-coming digital bookstore by visiting boothillproductions.com and select Publications. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can find out more about the legends of Dodge City by visiting our website at worldfamousgunfighters.com or visit us at boothillproductions.com. Podcast.buzzsprout.com. We would like to conclude our show by reminding our listeners to check out our up-and-coming digital bookstore by visiting boothillproductions.com and select Publications. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons attribute, non-commercial license. You can find out more about the legends of Dodge City by visiting our website at worldfamousgunfighters.com or visit us at boothillproductions.com.